Clark, please answer this question. And Titus is like, well, here's my answer to the question. <gasps> I think he should <laughs> die. And Lex is like, you think everyone should die. Yeah. That's not a surprise to me. Hello and welcome to Hour of the Hundred podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 26-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is, what's your least favorite vegetable? Which is because Brian asks Monty if he doesn't like corn, and Monty's never had corn. But anyway, we were like, what vegetables do we not like? Um, we're really grasping at straws here, you can tell. <laughs> Either way. And then it also makes sense because it's a bitter harvest, which is the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. And so, like, a harvest that you don't like. Thank you. You're so clever, Robin. <laughs> My least favorite vegetable. When I was, like, younger, I definitely would have said Brussels sprouts. I think that that is an uncreative answer now. <laughs> and you've, also... You've grown as a person. Exactly. Well, I think the problem is... Sam makes these Brussels sprouts and they are so <laughs> delicious. It's because she fries them in the air fryer. Or no, she no, roasts them. She roasts them in the um in the oven. oven with like sage. Yeah. Sage and olive oil, salt and pepper. That's it's it. delicious. I have truly grown to love Brussels sprouts. I think the problem is that the Brussels sprouts that I always saw when I was younger was the ones that my dad ate, which were just like steamed. Yes. And they looked gross and they smelled gross. Steamed is not it. For for Brussels sprouts, you either have to chop them up and roast them in the oven the way that I do, or you can also chop them up and do them in like a skillet with bacon, mm. which is also good uh, if you like bacon, um, which Robin does not. <laughs> okay, no one cancel me for that, please. Uh, <laughs> Sorry are, for exposing that's you. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So I'm. So I have not answered the question so far. Um, I would say. Uh, I don't know if there is a vegetable that I dislike more than this, but the first one that came to my mind is that I'm just not an asparagus person. I respect that. Yeah. I like I like asparagus now, but there was a time when yeah. I didn't, and I still don't like the ends. Like, I like the tops. Right. And I like, like, the middle when it gets cooked well. I, I find it so chewy. Yeah, that's fair. But also, I feel like artichokes are really similar, but I've never had an artichoke. I have had artichokes now uh, because Brittany's mom makes them for like herself and mm-hmm. for Lindsay and they they love them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea how to eat this. Right. <laughs> and then they, they taught me how. And it's actually very good because you just okay. dip the little bits of the ends in butter and like just like you don't eat the whole thing. You just eat the like inside part. The inside part? <laughs> Tell them we're here. Well, doesn't that feel like a, like isn't that wasteful of the rest of the artichoke? You can't eat it or it'll make you sick. No, I know, but what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) I know, it is a lot of work for a small amount of Mm -hmm. food. All right. So. A delicacy. A delicacy. Who, wait, who, wait, who are you? (laughs) And my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 28-year-old television critic. You can find my words at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My least favorite vegetable has always been, and I feel shall always be, celery. Oopsie. Okay, here's my, in defense of celery, I agree that raw, too much. Also very sweet, Mm -hmm. uh, always gets stuck on your teeth. I understand Mm -hmm. not like taking celery raw. Mm -hmm. However, I do like celery when it's like chopped up into pieces and cooked because then it's like not as chewy and you can like cut through the like I'll allow it part. if it's an accent in a, in another dish. But not like by if itself. It's, I understand. Like if it's an accent in a casserole or a or a or a pot pie or something, I'll allow it. 
I don't like it. I don't seek it out. I wouldn't personally put it there myself, but I won't get mad if I have to eat it. But I think eating raw celery is like eating drywall. That's fair. I think it's horrible. <laughs> it does not have a lot of, no, sorry. It has too much substance. <laughs> it does not have a lot of uh, taste really. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's, it is a very, it is a very specific taste, but yeah. like not good enough to deal with all of the like straw. Yeah. Know? I, uh, I'm also, this one might be more controversial. I'm not a bean person. Mm. Like I'll, like classic beans, like, yeah, like beans that go in a burrito. I avoid them. Yeah. As long as you don't say cucumber, then oh, we're okay. I love cucumber. I love cucumber. I would straight up eat a full cucumber. And we both love corn. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Which is like the vegetable <laughs> choice in this episode. I love corn. <laughs> yes. I love corn. I feel bad for Monty that he hasn't <laughs> I had know. corn. Uh, all right. Today we have words to say about episode 306 of The 100 Bitter Harvest, which we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode will contain spoilers of, uh, for all seven seasons of The 100. So if you've only seen up to Bitter Harvest, stop now! For multiple reasons. Yeah, stop now. <laughs> Watch up until the end of season five, then just listen to our podcast to know what happened, then come back. So for the title, basically the concept is it's like when you plant seeds for things and then like work hard, but nothing comes out of it, Uh I think. Yes. Um, And they're talking a lot about farming. It's Farm Station. And in the end, this episode, no one's hard work really pays off. Yeah. In any of the storylines. Yeah, I agree. Like Octavia's hard work doesn't really pay off. Like mm-hmm. I mean, a little bit because she saves a lot of people, but people still die. Um, All of Farm Station's hard work doesn't pay off. Can't really feel bad about that one. I guess I could say that like Clark's, Clark's hard work doesn't really pay off because she doesn't get revenge for Emerson, but like it does yeah. sort of pay off anyway. It Because uh, then she gets blood, not, must not have blood or whatever. Either way, especially yeah. in the Arcadia storyline, no one's hard work really pays off. And so it is therefore a bitter harvest. Thank you. <laughs> We got there in the end. We got there. So we split this episode up into three storylines. The City of Light storyline, the Polis storyline, and then the rest of the Arcadia storyline. So Sam did the City of Light storyline. Yes. In Medbay, Abby tests Raven's leg. It still doesn't work, but it also doesn't hurt. Abby is really worried about her because it sounds uh, insane and it doesn't make any sense. Raven assures Abby that she's fine, and Abby tentatively grants her permission to work unless she finds something strange in Raven's blood. Later, Abby finds Jasper looking at people in Jaha's cult, wishing he could also just be happy. She says to let her figure out what the chip does first. Um, just stay strong, homie. <laughs> Elsewhere, Raven cries while communing with God, and then Jaha shows up, and he's like, Hey, can you hack the Ark so that our robot deity can, can evolve? And uh, Raven's like, Mm, that's weird, but sure, I can totally do that for you since you made my leg stop hurting. Allie doesn't understand why Jaha lied about her, and uh, he didn't tell Raven that Allie is the reason that the bombs fell, because um, I, he, she just probably wouldn't react well to that. So, yeah. In Medbay, Jackson works on convincing Abby that whatever's in those chips is totally fine and you can just relax. It's not a trap at all. And, like, it's just really super fine, Abby. Like, don't worry about it. This isn't sus at all. Anyway, have some hope. Speaking of hope, here's your boyfriend. Kane walks in and Jackson's like, uh, I'm a go. And Kane is a- super anguished about all of the things he has to do now because he's a good person now. Uh, he hates using kids for war crimes and Abby's like, all we can do is the, the next best right thing. And also I have a crush on you and he's like, oh wow, that's a lot to process. <laughs> <laughs> At once. Yikes. Yeah. In the basement of the Ark, there's apparently, uh, the computer that's still functioning and Raven is working on hacking it for Allie when Jasper shows up and he's like, hey, can I get a hit of whatever you're on? Jasper meets with Jaha and asks some questions about the drugs that they're all on. 
and uh, he super wants to get rid of his pain. He almost does it, but Abby shows up and is like, hey, not so fast. Uh, I'm already losing too many kids to this. She demands Jaha tell her the science behind the chip. He says a bunch of mumbo jumbo about how it interrupts pain receptors, etc., etc. And Abby's like, that sounds cool and stuff, but can I test it? You wouldn't have given it to Wells without testing it, right? And Jaha's like, who? Yeah. <laughs> And Abby's like, bro, you forgot your own kid. Um, no more cult shit for you. Allie's like, bro, your kid. You remember your kid, right? And Jaha's like, yeah, it's fine. But Abby's like, whatever, this is taking away more than your pain, you absolute nutball. Jaha's like, hey, we can't let her stop us. And Allie's like, don't worry, I got a spy on the inside. And Hercules Jackson Mulligan. <laughs> And Jackson shows up to reveal that he is also a cult member. Ugh. Allie tells Raven and Jaha that she couldn't find any ev evidence that Becca was on the Ark. They're like, hmm, that's weird. Then Jaha is like, hang on, there was a 13th station. They blew it out of the sky to get the rest of the other stations to join. Happy Unity Day! Anyway, rip Polaris. Yeah. <laughs> so, like Sam just said, um, the first scene is Abby testing Raven's leg, but she has no pain. So it still doesn't work properly, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Her pupils are fine, so clearly it was like the actual key. It wasn't drugs or anything. Abby's going to do a blood test anyway, and Raven's like, aren't you happy for me? And he, she's like, yeah, but I want to make sure that it's safe, you know? Like, mm -hmm. all the things that we've been saying about Abby this season, all she wants is for you to be safe. Yeah, she's literally just doing her best to, like, protect you and keep you from dying. Mm -hmm. Like, Raven keeps being like, well, Abby, don't you want me to be happy? And Abby's like, you can't be happy if you're dead. Exactly. Like, I'm just trying my best here. So she's like, okay, fine. You can tell Sinclair that it's okay for you to go back to work. But if anything weird is going on, then you're out again. And Raven is confident that, like, nothing weird is going on. So she's <laughs> like, that's fine. So in the next scene, we see Jaha handing out the keys. And Jasper's watching. And he notices, because for some reason, I, I'm sorry. I call BS that the fact that every time Jasper goes to ask for something... Abby uh -huh. is always there. Yeah. Like, in what world does he not, like, just lose Abby and go up to Jaha? Like, Jaha would happily just give him one for later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's my thought on that. <laughs> like, there's definitely... I mean, he does, basically, later. Yeah. Yes, he does. I know. I just, like, I'm surprised that it didn't happen earlier. I think mm -hmm. it should have happened, like, two episodes ago. I think the thing that they're trying to tell us is that Jasper was, like, thinking about it pretty heavily. Yeah, he's, like, and, like uh, not sure. Like, hesitant. Hesitant and, like, sort of focusing on maybe actually listening a little bit to what Abby had said and what Monty had said before and, like, not trusting something really, like, weird to just take away his pain. Mm -hmm. But it's such a tempting thing because he's seeing it work on so many other people. Yeah. That he finally gives in. And she's like, she agrees. She's like, yeah, it does look like they're happy and it looks like there's a lot of them, but I want to figure out what it is before Jasper takes it. And he's like, okay. Exactly. My thing is, why does Abby care so much about Jasper when she's just watching all of these other random people do it? Yeah. You know, like, it's funny that she, like, like really zeroes in on Jasper in that way. It's just because he's younger. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's because he he's an active patient of hers, mm. and like he's at least semi receptive to like what he's what she's saying mm -hmm. to him about his recovery. Whereas so far, Raven's sort of not been very receptive. Yeah, that would be my guess. Yeah. So later, Raven is smiling to herself, thinking about her leg, and she tells Jaha and Ali that she feels great and thank you, and they're like, great, yeah, more people are joining because of you. Um, which is exactly what they said, I think, last episode. Yeah. Um, about how she's, like, very influential. Mm hmm And Raven says she'll do anything to help. And they're like, oh, great. Well, we need something from you. So that works out really well for we us. We actually super duper <laughs> need your brain. We need to help find version two of her code. And Raven's like, uh, if there was a version two, was there something wrong? And they're like, <laughs> what? No. No? And she's like, well, it wouldn't really 
didn't make sense to make a version two if you were, and they're like, hey, Raven, uh, shut up and do the job. And Can you just, like, like okay. find the thing yeah. that we're looking for? Don't ask any questions. Don't need, we don't need these questions from you. We fixed your leg. Shut up. Um, on, I went on IMDb. We have a segment on our Stranger Things podcast called, uh, actually, in which I go on IMDb and I find like little tiny little goofs that people have picked out. And it happens a lot on Stranger Things because it's, uh, it's like a period piece. So like there are things that can be more accurate than others. So they'll be like, actually, um, this color of paint wasn't available for this car (laughs) until two years later and like stupid stuff like that yeah anyway i went on imdb just to see if there was anything there and i did find something on imdb it said raven questions why alley version 2.0 was created saying that programmers and engineers don't create a second version if there isn't anything wrong with the first this is untrue programmers and engineers routinely look for uh ways to improve previous designs even if there isn't anything wrong with them per se yeah yeah that makes sense of course they would evolve their own creations and like continue trying to make them better (laughs) so that's not quite correct i'll definitely give it to that one some of the things on the stranger things podcast are absolutely insane and i'm like this was unnecessary but that one (laughs) this one makes sense yeah and so Raven's like, I think it's Raven, who's like, if you were there, like, wouldn't you know where it is? Right. And they say it's probably dormant or unfinished. And so she's like, okay. And she calls Allie Red. And she says, see you on the other side, which is just like themed phrase on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Lostpedia, they have like a list per episode. They have like lists of like um, regularly spoken phrases. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them. For oh, this for show. sure. <laughs> yeah. So after she leaves, Allie wanted to tell Raven the truth. Uh, but Jaha didn't want to. He says that Murphy knew and he was not into it. And Allie's like, well, he didn't see the City of Light. Maybe if he had seen the City of Light, then he would have been down for it. And Jaha's like, okay, well, I guess I'm just being cautious then. Because mm-hmm. this is literally something that ended the world, so she might not be into it. I'm sorry. Right. I love how Jaha's like, this is something that when I tell people about it, they are not down. Yeah. And then he doesn't consider the fact that, like, maybe this isn't a chill thing to be into, you know? Like, like yeah. It's also... This is a part where um, where I sort of like point to when people are like questioning how much Jaha was in control of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Because like, I don't think, because there's a very different, there's a differential between things Ali is making him do and things that he is doing himself. Because Ali very clearly like disagrees with him about yeah. him lying about her, which so it makes it seem like that was a choice Jaha deliberately made on his own without her influence. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people wanted to just not blame Jaha for a lot of this. But I also think that when you strip away all of the like other parts of his personality that make him more empathetic, like his affection for Wells and stuff like that, when you lose that, he does become like this really awful person. Yeah. I would even point to last episode when, um, you know, and, and it's different based on when Jaha like is talking to somebody who isn't in the city of light. And so he's the only one who gets to make the decisions. He's the only one that says things because nobody can see Ali. Mm-hmm. But um, when he's talking to Raven, who is in the city of light, then it's like, you know, when did you guys have the conversation that you didn't want to, to do it? Are your minds like linked so that, right. Or like, I'm just not sure exactly how that works. And also like when he was talking to Pike last Last episode and she was like do you want him to think you're a fool like she didn't disagree with the way that he was speaking to pike she thought it, there was a better way mm-hmm. so i agree that jaha does seem to be pretty coherent in these scenes yeah um i can't remember if he gets less and less coherent but i, I don't think so yeah like there there's just a lot of i don't think that he's like 
being controlled for a lot of it. I think he has been brainwashed for a lot of it, but I think a lot of it is his own choice within that. Yeah. So in the next scene, ooh, it's the big scene. Are you excited? <laughs> um, Abby vents to Jackson and she's like, I'm really confused because there's no way that like chronic pain goes away overnight. And Jackson's like, oh, well, apparently it does. Jackson's definitely already chipped in this scene, right? For sure. Yeah. He's like, everything's fine, Abby. What are you yeah. talking about? Like, At this point, I think that Jackson had probably already received a chip to test it from Jaha. Because Jackson would have tested it ahead of time, too. Yeah, he would have tested it, and then they looked at the blood test results and found nothing in them. And Jackson's like, well, Mm -hmm. maybe I can be a better doctor if I take this. Right. Which I'm pretty sure is something that Sushin has said, Mm -hmm. um, is, like, why Jackson did it. So he probably, like, did those tests, and he's like, well, boop. Yeah. I was also thinking about, like, why he did it. Because I think later we talk about his mother and how, like, there was something about how he was, like, there when his mom died or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I just wonder if, like, maybe he's still grappling with the pain of that, potentially. Yeah. Um, or, like, yeah, like you said, I think Sachin has said that he just wanted to be a better doctor and thought he could be a better doctor if he was, like, I don't know, in a lot of other people's heads or something. I don't know what all he was told beforehand. I feel like he, he was probably, like, I mean, I feel like everybody at this point is, like, fatigued and exhausted and Mm -hmm. he probably I don't know if he knew about the about Allie and that part of it but but as soon as they get in there everyone's fine with it yeah (laughs) they don't really have a choice Mm -hmm. um so he says yeah it seems normal not drug induced and he's like are you disappointed and she's like no I'm not disappointed I'm just surprised still doesn't make any sense and I think it's Jackson who's like it's hard to recognize hope when it's right in front of us and then Kane walks in and she's like oh my god and such an I mean and Jackson is like oop uh I'm interrupting something guess I'll go and leave you two by yourself metaphors bye (laughs) so Kane comes in uh Jackson goes to check on the grounders Kane he doesn't come in and tell Abby the plan it's clear that he has kept her up to date on it already yes. which is nice and he feels that he let this happen and that he hasn't done enough to stop it and he feels stupid for asking for an election and I'm like but listen buddy yes it was stupid and in hindsight it was real bad mm-hmm. for you and for us but how are you to have known that Char- that Park- Pike was gonna literally show up like the next day and be yeah. like crazy and weird you know like ultimately you had good intentions mm-hmm. and there's no way to have known that what would have happened was going to happen. Yeah. And so he's like, all I can do is just keep sending kids into danger. And so he's talking about Octavia, he's talking about Miller. And yep. he, she's like, well, they're not kids anymore. And I'm like, well, they're kind of kids still. <laughs> but sure. So they talk about how Clark isn't here. And so everybody listens to Bellamy and Kane just like can't get to him because Bellamy, I guess, truly believes that he's doing what's right. Yeah. Is that, is that what happened? Sorry. The note that I have is he truly believes he's doing what's right. But I think I'm talking about Bellamy, right? Yes, yeah, so you're talking about Bellamy because yeah. Kane is ta- is anguished over yeah. the fact that Bellamy is not on his side anymore, and he is upset that Bellamy thinks that this is the right thing to do. It's interesting that Kane feels that way when we know that Bellamy doesn't even quite feel that way. Mm-hmm. Especially like, I mean, I don't know because in his actions with like handcuffing Clark and everything last episode, it yeah. makes me feel like maybe he does feel that way. But but then when he's like alone with Pike, he doesn't seem to feel that way. So I'm I'm really not sure how Bellamy feels, to be honest. Yeah, I like you can see later in this episode that he's like torn a little bit still, but he still keeps like choosing to follow Pike even in spite of that. Mm -hmm. And we don't hit the thing that like turns him around until two episodes from now when Pike is like, yeah, I'm just going to kill Kane and. Bellamy's like, hey, hang on. Hang on, wait, that's my dad. That's that's my dad. I don't yeah. know about that one right there. 
So they're like, everyone feels like what they're doing is right. And I'm like, except for evil people. <laughs> I guess, like, I, I mean, know. even the evil people feel like they're doing the right thing yeah. because they think that them being in power yeah. or whatever is the right thing. Yeah. But, like, that's kind of interesting uh, to, like, maybe put on to Jaha as well. Jaha really oh, yeah. does feel like what he's mm-hmm. doing is right. And then we have the cheat kiss and the let's call it hope. Your thoughts? Oh, um, I think it's really soft. Uh, I loved this at the time and I still looked up and didn't write any notes while I was watching it because mm-hmm. uh, that's what I do with my little gerbil brain yeah it's really cute and I like that um in most of their like big moments until their like first kiss Abby sort of is the one that's like pushing it Mm -hmm. because Kane would it it just it makes sense that Abby would be the one to be like hey I have feelings for you right because Kane would never admit it Mm -hmm. without knowing that she liked him first right (laughs) that's relatable yeah (laughs) yeah is this like kind of the like not the first inklings of it but like Mm -hmm. one of the first like big ones yeah for sure yeah my first like two moments that I like knew it was gonna be a thing were was like in 213 when they when she like crawls into the rubble to like find him and right the handhold and the like not leaving him there thing like that was like oh are we are we gonna do something here and then they come home holding hands in 216 and I was like oh my god they're gonna do something yeah and then (laughs) And then the season three trailer, like, had them kissing in it. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, no, thank you. My rights. <laughs> and then we got to season six and they said, bye-bye now. Get out. <laughs> we hate you, actually. We do not care about you anymore. <laughs> so in the next scene, Raven starts getting all set up and everything. And she's asking why the second AI would be in space. They say that Becca wanted a more secure work environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was running away from Allie. And so Jaha didn't want to tell Raven this, but then Allie goes behind his back and tells Raven herself. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because she's supposed to be like an AI, a robot, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I guess she calculated that it was the best idea, like always to be honest or something. I don't know. Like, does she not understand how sketchy what is actually true sounds? I mean, does she tell Raven the truth? Uh, like, mostly because she says Becca wanted a more secure work environment. And so she's like, oh, well, why didn't you bring her? And she was like, she was running away from me. So she didn't say, like, I'm the one who destroyed the world. But she says, like, Becca was scared of me. And that's why she why she was making a second. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, like, I would certainly question that. And like, Raven kind of does. Like, we don't get it until several episodes from now because the the, like pacing of this season and the like several different plots that they make because I don't think Raven is in the next three episodes really or it might be the subplot in Stealing Fire Mm. if I can remember correctly but she's definitely not in um or maybe no maybe I'm wrong (laughs) maybe it's the subplot in 308 but do we see anything to her lead up to Nevermind and her being like or sorry Nevermore and wanting to be uh like get like that 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 scene where she's like trying to make her brain so busy that Allie isn't around and she's like reciting the Raven and stuff like that. Yeah, is ab- that in we, Nevermore? We definitely get lead up to that because yeah. um that's I think that's before Nevermore because okay. that's there's a whole episode where and it's after three oh nine because Abby is trying to help Raven break out of it. Mm. And they like have to get the bracelets and Jasper's also helping because Jasper is uh, doesn't want to forget Maya and right. Raven realizes she's forgetting Finn and that's what right, like, right, 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 right. turns her around. But the, And then they use Raven against Abby to get Abby chipped. Right. 
later. Okay. So, yeah. So, even after getting that information, Raven doesn't really seem to be that upset. Uh, or at least she gets, like, half the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Allie disappears because she's, like, in the mainframe thing. And I love Raven just being like, she's in. And I'm like, show don't tell. Show don't tell. <laughs> Why are you telling me? So, Jasper hears her, like, talking to herself and asks her about it. And Raven's like, uh, you're not supposed to be in here. And Jasper's like, yeah, because I totally listen to, like, where I am and am not allowed to be. Right. For sure. That's a that's definitely part of my character. <laughs> so Jasper comes in and I guess sees that Raven's in a really good mood. And so this is the time to apologize about stealing Finn's ashes and scattering them. Mm-hmm. And non-chipped Raven would be really upset. Yeah. would be super upset about this. But you're luckily talking to chipped Raven. So oh. that's actually totally fine. And Jasper's like, okay, whatever you're on, I would also like to be on. And Raven's <laughs> like, okay, tell, tell, like, go get the key from Jaha. I, I know that we don't want Jasper to be chipped yet, but, like, all would be solved if Raven just had some keys. It seems like yeah. she probably would if she was, like, one of the main people. And, like, if if Jaha was, like, wanting to spread this as far and wide as yeah, possible, he would, give it to he would just give people. it to people to, like, be like, hey, share with your friends. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so she's like, we've both suffered long enough, so, like, you should totally take the key. I just think that she, if, if this was realistic, she would just hand him one right here, and exactly. he would go, pop, and it would be over. <laughs> yeah. So in the next scene Jasper does just that and goes to see Jaha um and he just hands it to him and he's like okay well does it hurt and he's like haha no nothing will ever (laughs) hurt again you will never feel anything ever again he's like well does it hurt if the pain isn't physical and uh Ali says pain is pain and so Jaha just recites what she's saying and so I see this as part of the uh, argument that people yeah. are making that he is just basically her pawn. Mm-hmm. But like you said, there's a lot of evidence that he's not and that he's actually working of his own volition as well. Exactly. Because they have like back and forth conversations mm-hmm. where they there's a give and take. Mm-hmm. But yeah, here is definitely one not one of those times. Yeah. So he says that Jasper has a lot of scars and Jasper mentions that you only get scars after you heal and he and, and therefore implying that he has not healed. Correct. And so he says, see you on the other side. It's fun when we have um, uh, regularly spoken phrases, but why are we doing regularly spoken phrases like more than once an episode? (laughs) That seems like a lot. Uh, And so Abby just immediately stops him and Jasper's just going to hate you more now, Abby. Like, yeah, it's for his own good, but like he really wants this. And something that I really like about Abby is how mm-hmm. she's not afraid, like with Raven and with Jasper, she's not afraid of the people that she cares about disliking her as yeah. long as she's as long as they're safe. Exactly. I completely agree. Cause I think that's an important thing to mm-hmm. like if someone is gonna hurt themselves, it's better for them to be mad at you than dead. Yeah. And she understands that as a physician. So Abby asks to see the key because she wants to know the science. And Ali says, okay, it's fine to say. So he says It's a silicon-based device, and once ingested, the filaments reconstitute in the brain stem, interrupting the pain receptors. And Jasper clearly did not want to hear that part. So if it's silicon-based, can it still dissolve? Like, I'm like, is it a pill? What is it? How do you take this? I feel like it it changes form, like construction or whatever, like Mm -hmm. once you've ingested it, and then it goes into your brain stem and like wraps around it. Yeah. So no matter how like that's how we see it leak it. out of like the back of Raven's head. And that's never true. More. So Abby asks to run some trials on it just to make sure there aren't any side effects. Like, would you give it to Wells without it being tested? And dude does not remember who Wells is because it brings him so much pain. But Allie remembers him. So it's interesting that like the concept is potentially that Allie doesn't necessarily like take on your pain. Mm-hmm. But like when you forget it, it's still out there. And like she remembers it. Yeah, like she has a memory bank of all of your memories. Mm-hmm. She just 
limits your access to them. Yeah. And so she says that, like, uh, it's your son. And he, like, kind of looks over as if she's there, but he has to, like, play it off because he's talking to two people who cannot see her. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, you know, he says, like, oh, these are all the things that it does or whatever, but he never says... And some kooky lady in a red dress also shows up in your vision all the time. And we all become a hive mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, because like he knows with his logic brain that that's not a thing that's going to make him sound like a sane person. Exactly. It's like, I do definitely think that Jaha thinks that what he's doing is the right thing for humanity. Mm -hmm. But it also is clear that he knows that other people won't think that before they're inside. Like he, he knows that what is happening is like kind of scary and kind of like just terrifying and like creepy. Yeah. You know, but so he won't say that because he knows that like it's kind of scary unless you're in here, you know? Exactly. So he's like, oh my God. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. I'd want it tested before I gave it to Wells. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's like looking at his palm and he's like, yeah, for sure. I want to give that to Walsh. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. And so Abby is like, um, Jasper, uh, go away. This is weird. He's like, okay, well, can I have the key? And she's like, um, absolutely freaking not. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I am shutting you down. Pike didn't want to deal with this. He said that it was my territory because I'm a medical professional and I am going to shut you down. And Jaha's like, uh, no, Abby, it's fine. It's totally fine. I just, like, haven't thought about Wells in, like, a real... I just haven't thought about a Welsh in such a long time. (laughs) Like, but, like, why not? That's the problem, is that Abby's like, well, why not? Like, it has Mm -hmm. not been that long. Like, if you weren't completely messed up you would think about it all the time every day like if you weren't weren't if you didn't have the key and like that's your child like she knows because she's also a parent Mm -hmm. and clark has been missing for three months yeah and like she knows she she thinks about clark every single day Mm -hmm. and like she knew jaha before wells died and she knew that he loved him very much Mm -hmm. like he wouldn't just forget his kid yeah like it would cause him genuine pain to remember wells so that's why Allie has deleted it from his mind but it would it would he wouldn't look at abby and not recognize his kid Mm -hmm. let me ask you a question about the lore of the ark Mm -hmm. we i don't there's no way that we have an answer to this but so this is literally just like fun little theorizing it's not it's not not actually that fun now (laughs) let me ask you a question okay if a pair of parents have their one child and then their child no matter how old they are passes away before them are they allowed to have another child or is it even more devastating because that was their only chance like, because of the one-child rule. On because other. of the one-child rule. It feels like that was for overpopulation and for oxygen, right? So in yeah. my mind, that means, okay, you get another chance. You get to try do a, you get to have another one. Right. If I was in charge of the Ark, which, God forbid, I would not. not I mean, that's a very, it's a very complicated question. Because, yeah. like, if, if there, I feel like there's, like, a, possibly even a limit on, like, when you can have kids. Yeah. Like, if there's too many people on the Ark at any given moment. And, like... Oh, you have to wait until the next round of elders passes away. Right. Oh, uh, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, because if it, is it like if someone dies, then like someone else gets a chance to have kids? Yeah. Or is it that like your child has died, so you are allowed to still only have one child? Because ultimately, the thing is that they are trying to get the population down, down, down. Because mm-hmm. if two people have a kid and they're only allowed to have one, then like basically you're 
minimizing the amount of people there are. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it goes down in a, a family tree looking type situation where it just goes down, 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 down mm-hmm. until you've got like an upside down pyramid and there's only what one person left. Like at some point our genes are going terribly. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But clearly it hasn't happened yet because there's still quite a few people there. I mean, mm-hmm. a generation takes a very long time. So like, you know, that's a problem for like future them, I suppose. Yeah. But you know, I just think that, like, we, because we've never seen there be an actual, like, limit on how many people can be there. People can time. be there. Um, especially because it's, like, going down every single time. That, yeah. That there's, that anyone dies, it's, like, actively going down. Because, like I said, there's two people, it becomes one, becomes mm-hmm. one person, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I guess that, that was just a complicated question that I, that popped into my head, but. No, I I think personally I agree with you if if a person if a family lost their child, they would be allowed to have another. One. I just think it would be like not not that it isn't already like a really tragic story and a really tragic like rule that that is. Mm-hmm. But like I just think it would be even more tragic if like a family lost their child for any reason at any age. Yeah. And that like that just like was like their only opportunity. Yeah. At all. No, you know I completely I mean? agree. Like that would be even more tragic. Yeah. So, he's like, "Hey, you're a physician. We're both trying to eliminate pain." And she's like, we're okay, well, you're eliminating a lot more, clearly. Yeah. So that we're not the same. Um <laughs> and so she takes away all the stuff, and Allie's like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> don't worry about it. Because we have someone on the inside. It's Jackson. I remember I I can't remember if I watched this episode live, but if I hadn't, it was like that night or like the next morning or something that I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I remember this being like such a jaw drop. Yeah. Like being like, what? And I also remember that Sachin was so fun on Twitter yeah. at this time. He was, like, constantly posting tweets that was, like, we would, you know, we would tweet at him and then he would, like, quote tweet it or reply with it being, yeah. like, there are no empty pudding cups in the city of life. You know, like, he used to say dumb, dumb stuff like that. It was so funny. I loved that. Um, So in the last scene of this storyline... Um, it sort of goes in and out with the Polis storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaha, Ali, and Raven are all hanging out. Um, they have people who want keys, but they don't have any keys. So that's our problem right now. Um, and also they can't find any of Ali's code on the arc. They find that Becca did go into space, but she wasn't on any of the 12 arc stations. So where could she have been? And Jaha's How like, bizarre. I was the chancellor, so I know things. There I was got actually... to know secret rules. Mm-hmm. How lucky that it was one of the chancellors that mm-hmm. that we have brainwashed here. Convenient. There was the 13th station, and so she must have been on that 13th one. Um, but all of the info about it was scrubbed away, so that's how Allie wouldn't have found it. It was blown out of the sky to get the others to join Unity Day, and we're going to see this flashback next episode. Yeah. So he doesn't have any other information, even though he was the chancellor. He just knew that it happened, and it was called Polaris. Mm-hmm. You know when people are in like just okay cars and then they rev them just uh, <laughs> just to think that just to make uh, everyone think they're so, cool? Yeah. I just wanted to say I've never once thought someone was cool after they revved their engine. I Thank always you. think that you're compensating. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> speaking of the flashback. <laughs> speaking of the flashback in next episode, something that oh, Sam and I rewatched this episode that we're talking about today. Last night, mm-hmm. um, and when I saw the like icon for the next episode after this, which is of course thirteen, the that episode, I remembered how many cool cool things actually happened in the episode that are just like marred by what happens at the end of the episode. Y'all know me, and y'all know that I love a flashback. And so the fact that we get a flashback next episode is very exciting for me. Oh, very much so. And so I was mentioning that um, it really like you can tell 
when the writers of this show are are trying to make an episode iconic. Yeah. Um, it's like they take all of their really good, exciting ideas and they always put them in one episode so that mm-hmm. um, that one becomes, like, a big deal and that one, like, everyone, like, remembers that one forever. I think yep. Nevermore is one of those and I think 13 was supposed to be one of those until it was, like I said, marred Wait, by what happened. 13 is one of those, mm-hmm. but for bad, bad reasons. reasons. And, like, they cram so many other good things into mm-hmm. this episode that it's, like, really annoying that, like, they had to go and ruin it their own episode. Yeah. And, like, now no one, like, I can't even focus on, like, all the cool things that happened in this episode because you went and killed Lexa when you didn't have to. Yeah. I was just thinking that, like, uh, on Lost, Lost has so many iconic episodes and they're iconic, like, I don't know, every two or three episodes you've got one that you're like, oh my gosh, I love that one because, oh, that great thing happened in that one. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking that, like, they didn't even do that on purpose. Like, their writing was just so good consistently that there are so many episodes that are just incredible and iconic because, like, something good happens in every single episode. But, like, instead of, like, spacing out all of their really cool stuff, like Lost did, they just kind of, like, cram it all into one episode yeah. so that it's like, ooh, look at this episode. Be excited about this episode. And I'm like, but what about all the episodes on either side? <laughs> what about all the episodes that are peppered in between? Like, yeah, I was just I was just saying that it it's very clear to me when... They're mm-hmm. trying really hard. Like, you yeah. can tell when they're trying. And next episode is definitely one of those. Oh, for sure. So now we're going to do the Polis storyline, and I did the summary for that one. This episode starts out really exciting. At Polis, Lexa is having a nap. Clark sketches her out while she sleeps, um, but she begins to have a nightmare and wakes up abruptly. She says the previous commanders are warning her that she's taking the wrong path. Lexa finds Clark's drawing, but before they can be cute about it, Titus walks in because of course he does. He says that Rowan sent a gift for Clark. It's Carl Emerson's security detail. This answers some questions. Uh, not for us, but for them. (laughs) He immediately attacks Clark, so Lexa demands that he be taken away. Later, Titus and Lexa argue about Clark. Clark enters and Lexa asks what they should do with the last mountain man. Clark agrees with Titus that he should die. Hmm, interesting (laughs) how it's blood must not have blood unless it's your people who were wronged. Clark still thinks he should die. Lexa gives her until sundown to think about it. Which I think is funny that she, Clark's like, I made a decision. And she's like, well, think about it for a little while. <laughs> she's like, maybe, I don't care about your Maybe <laughs> question, think that over. Yeah. She goes to see Emerson later and they discuss their various crimes against each other. Clark tells him that if he wants mercy today, he has to ask for it. He's fine with dying today because his pain will finally end. Hers won't and she'll have to think about what she did for the rest of her life. Clark goes back to her room and Titus is there. He wants to get on the same page. He fears that the Grounders will try to hurt Lexa because they don't agree with her new policy. Clark needs to take back what she said for Lexa's safety. Clark knows that that means war against Skycrew, so she can't agree. Titus leaves and they're still at odds. At the ceremony, they give Clark the knife to kill Emerson, but she refuses. Blood must not have blood. Lexa gives a speech about how she's showing a new and better future. She banishes Emerson with the knowledge that he is the last mountain man. Clark hopes he lives forever with that pain. After that, we see that Murphy has been being tortured by Titus for information about Clark, which he doesn't have a lot of. (laughs) Titus then asks about the key to the City of Light. Yeah. And that's that. It's honestly like a pretty short storyline. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Clark draws Lexa as she naps. She's having nightmares and she wakes and Clark like immediately like puts her hand on her knee and you're like, wow, romance. What's going on here? <laughs> she says that the commanders are speaking to her in her sleep. Last episode, I did not talk about Shade Hedda. So I got to bring that back. <laughs> she says that she saw their death, war, and then something about an assassin and everything. And I'm like, so we're talking about, we're talking about Shade Hedda, you know? Like, not that they knew anything about Shade Hedda while they were writing this season, but I'm like, it's interesting how, like, you can kind of see that going through this previous season. 
she sought their deaths, which was he was assassinated by his flame keeper. So then when she says assassin, that can also be about him. And then war can also be about him because he like was doing a lot of war. So mm-hmm. it's interesting that you can kind of bring it back that way. So she says it wasn't a nightmare, it was a warning. And I'm like, well, yeah, you die next episode. Yeah, well. Uh, yep, we're warning yep, you. It's very that. The thing that sucks is that Titus is like, oh my gosh, Lex is going to be murdered by her own people because they won't agree with their thing. And then Titus is the one who kills Lexa. And it's so annoying. I hate that guy. So Lexa's like, it's always been blood must have blood. And I am betraying their legacy. And me as a person, Robin, I definitely agree that this is not the time to do this. Like eventually we need to do it for sure. But like right now, after 300 of your people have been massacred, it just does not seem like a very good time. I already talked about this. Yeah, Perhaps not today. So they talk about how her legacy will be peace and it's wonderful. And Lexa, I guess, has a book that she was reading. <laughs> she sees Clark's drawing and she's like, oh my God, it's not finished. And then you're, and then they get interrupted and you're like, oh my God, who dares interrupt this moment? And uh, if I had to guess, it would be Titus. And it is. The worst person ever. So he shows up and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize you were busy. Shut up. Go away. Get out of here. We're busy being cute. Yeah. Stop it. So Roan brings a gift for Clark. It is proof of Asgata's loyalty and also an answer to a question. It is Carl Emerson's security detail himself. So that answers how they knew about the mountain and Roan gives him back. And honestly, to be honest, I genuinely think that this is a really great show of goodwill from Roan. Mm -hmm. I think this was a very smart thing to do for Roan. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that it like backfires later, but Yeah. yeah. So Emerson attacks Clark and he gets taken away. And uh, I think Lex is like, put him in a cage. Mm-hmm. And last night I was making the joke that he's like just extra triggered by the word cage <laughs> because that was like his BFF in the mountain who's dead now. He's like, don't talk about him. <laughs> so later Titus is telling Lexa that her judgment is clouded because she's gay, I guess. Um, and Lexa's like, aren't you supposed to be loyal to me? And he's like, yeah, I just wanted to say that I think that you're too personally involved. <laughs> and if I wasn't shipping it, maybe... I would agree, but I don't. (laughs) And so Clark interrupts this conversation because Lexa had asked for her to come. And she's like, okay, Clark, like, what should we do with the last mountain man? And Titus is like, well, I think he should die. And I'm like, no one asked you. No one asked. No one asked you. Your job is to assist and to support. And you're like putting your stupid bald head up in the business that is not yours. Yeah. Like, just shut up. It's so funny that, that she's just like, Clark, please answer this question. And Titus is like, well, here's my answer to the question. <gasps> I think he should die. And Lex is like, you think everyone should die. Yeah. That's not a surprise to me. Like, come up with a better suggestion, my guy. And then maybe we'll think about it. Yeah. Don't just say the same thing over and over. So Clark's like, yeah, I agree with Titus. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, okay, interesting. And Titus talks about how it's like human nature to need revenge. And they're like, we don't do that anymore. And Lex is like, dude, you're the one who told me to not do revenge. Right. So is it only when your people are the ones who are messed up that we shouldn't do revenge? Mm-hmm. And Clark's like, that was stopping a war. And this is finishing a war. And I'm like, there's no distinction yeah, there, ma'am. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand stopping a war. But also, like, we don't have to kill somebody to finish a war. The no. war finished. The, the war's the finished. War's Everyone's over. dead. Like, this is finishing your own feelings of hatred exactly. towards somebody. So they say that he deserves to die for what he did. And honestly, I wish that he had. Because because he doesn't die, he messes a bunch of stuff up later. And Sinclair is dead because of him. And yep. I 
I wish we had just killed him here, to be honest. It's, Honestly, it's, it was good storytelling that he didn't die here. Yeah. The ending scene is really awesome. It's, it's very fantastic. powerful. And, like, the lines from Clark and Lex are, like, some of the, like, really, really good, impactful lines. Yeah. But because we let him go, we get one of my least favorite, if not my least favorite, well, prior to season six. Prior to season six, yes. <laughs> 100%. One of my least favorite episodes of the entire series. Yeah, agreed. So Lex is like, all right, well, it's whatever Clark decides. And so either... At sundown, he will either be banished or he will die by 49 cuts by you specifically. So I know that you already made the decision, but think about your decision more. Thank you. <laughs> and Lex is hoping that Clark changes her mind. And you know what? She does. So Clark goes into the throne room to visit with Emerson, I guess, just like <laughs> to decide if she wants to murder him or not. Um, and she asks for the guards to leave while she speaks with him. And here's, should we have the conversation that we had about this scene uh, last night? Yes. I just think that not necessarily in season two or anything, but like, why does Emerson look like this? He, yeah. he He's like this for the, and, and it, it has no bearing on the actor. I think he does a really good job. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they're trying to like project this like murderer, barbarian type thing on him. Yeah. That is like potentially meant to be like sexy. Yeah. And it kind of feels like it's, the male gaze's version of what is sexy about men. Yes. You know what I I, mean? I completely agree with you. Uh, I hadn't ever thought about it until you pointed it out. But, like, as soon as you pointed it out last night, it was so obvious. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, it's very much, like, he's very muscly and his shirt is ripped. And, and he's, he's, like, sweaty and he's got and dirty. And he's got a chain. It's, like, some weird BDSM. Like, yeah. listen, if you're into and, like, BDSM, I don't judge you. But I'm not sure why it's on my television. Like, it gets worse later. Like, well, like, even in this, especially in this context yeah. on our television. She's because, still, like, she's still are, a teen, right? Like, there like, are spaces for this that are not this, this. show yeah. on the yeah. CW. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, uh, like, it gets worse even later because then they take his shirt off so she can, like, stab him a bunch of times. Yeah. And I'm like, who asked for this? It wasn't me. I think that the main thing that, that points this out to me is the fact that, like, his shirt is ripped Except there's one rip that's for his nipple to be out mm-hmm. on the one side. And I'm like, why am I, why is this happening? Yeah. And like, and then, and then there's also like, once having this information in my head, <laughs> it makes the next, the episode Demons when he comes yeah. back even worse because that episode already makes me uncomfortable because he's like weirdly sexual when mm-hmm. he like tortures Clark and it, it's upsetting. Yeah. I don't like it. That whole episode is upsetting. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about it a little bit more then. Can't wait. However, I just wanted to say, as soon as we get through demons, then, like, it's smooth sailing after that, you know? Yeah. So, Emerson knows her new title, which is Juan Hedda, um, because he's been hanging out with Asgeta, so of course he would know that. And he just thinks it's like a slap in the face that she gets a cool new nickname for killing all of his friends and family. (laughs) I understand why he's upset. Would I then go and kill 50 people about it? Probably not. Yeah, no. If it was me, but okay. Like personally, I wouldn't, but yeah. (laughs) So she's like, oh, I should have known it was you. And he's like, you're the one who destroyed Mount Weather, not me. We have this 360 shot, which is very cool. It's a very cool shot. Um, I always love when they do like a prolonged shot and then also 360. Very cool. Mm -hmm. And he brings up all of his people again. He says, that there were 26 children and two of those children were his children. Like I said, I understand why he's upset. 
Yeah. I just wouldn't then go and commit murder also, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Choices. So she says that she had no choice because of Wallace, because of Dante Wallace. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't like that. So he like goes and like screams and like is against his binds with like, which like once again, just like feeds into the weird like. Yeah. It, supposed to be sexy but I don't really first of all I'm also ace and so I don't actually really know what that word means because I have never found anyone or anything sexy in my life and I'm um, by with a preference for women yeah and he does not fall in my very slim category yeah. of attractive men yeah <laughs> so we neither of us know really if this works for you let us know I guess <laughs> and so you know he starts like screaming at her and like going against his binds and she like seems she like kind of like starts and he's like oh are you scared like you don't like to be faced with your demons and this line is likely the reason why this uh, the other episode Mm -hmm. is called demons and she's like listen if you want to not be killed today you're gonna have to ask me for it she's hoping that he goes please don't kill me so she can be like well i had a reason i didn't want to kill him because he asked yeah but now she has to come up with her own reason (laughs) and he's like i don't want to i don't want to beg you because i i actually i think that this actually puts the idea in her head not to kill him oh as more of a punishment oh i see yes because he he's like no i'm looking forward to dying and she's like well "Well, i don't want to give you something you want then you don't suffer at all yeah Huh. Thinking something else, and then it works out for her because it would make her look bad if she killed him. Yeah, or it would make Lexa look bad if she killed him. But then it doesn't work out for me because now Sinclair's dead. Yeah, <laughs> and so he's like, I don't want. I'd rather die because then my pain will end, but your pain keeps going. So I want you to suffer like I have. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can kill me, but you can't escape your actions. And her pain doesn't end today like his does, basically. Yeah. Um, and she's like, hmm. I'm mad about that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do some thinking. <laughs> so Clark goes into her room, and Titus is there, and Titus wants to make peace with her, and that's great. And Ty- and Clark is like, okay, great, yes, thank you. And yeah. Titus is like, listen, I get it. After making Lexa not take revenge, it must be so hard to then take revenge yourself because you're being such a hypocrite. And to be honest, like I don't, it's not like I actively agree with Titus on most things. Yeah. And I don't really, like, fully agree with him here. But Mm -hmm. I do agree that Clark is definitely being a hypocrite by, like, saying, we're going to kill. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, basically. Like, she's saying blood must have blood for me, but not for you. Exactly. Like, it is definitely hypocritical. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, like, I, Lexa being upset with Clark wanting to do this makes complete sense. Yeah. And because she's like, I have changed my civilization's entire worldview Mm -hmm. because of what you suggested. Yeah. And you're going to be petty and just kill this guy. Interesting. So he's like, now, so you probably now understand why most of our people aren't going to like accept this. Mm -hmm. And Clark says, this doesn't have anything to do with the army. This is something to do with, this is, this is season two stuff that we're finishing here, Titus. (laughs) Like, and, and Titus is like, you're being a huge hypocrite about this. And like I said, I kind of agree. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you killed all of Mount Weather because of something that they did to a few of you and he's killing your people because of what you guys did to his people like this makes complete like you guys are kind of the same here yeah and your people killed an army and you don't want us to retaliate like it doesn't make sense like Lexa listens to you and I'm protecting her by having her continue to do blood must have blood and Clark's like yeah but then my people die he's like okay well my people might try and kill her if they don't agree, which they probably don't. Yeah. And, and Clark's still just like, mm, yeah, no. And What's Titus is like, okay, I guess we'll just continue to be enemies. 
It's like, I wish that she had had a bit of a thought after her conversation with Emerson so that she could have come in here and be like, hey, Titus, just so you know, I'm not taking revenge, actually. Yeah. So actually, you don't have any legs to stand on and we're continuing to do blood must not have blood. So Yeah. Like, that would have been a more productive conversation, I think, than the one they have. Right. So, we go to the ceremony at sundown, and Lex is like, once again, we come together to watch a man die. This is something that we do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you're wondering why I've gathered you all here today. It's It's the same reason as last time. Murder. (laughs) Uh, She's like, hey, I know this totally goes against what I've been saying, but Clark can do what she wants, so I don't care. And she's saying sort of these things in Trig, and I can't really tell if Emerson understands Trig or not. It seems like he does because he's like under seems to understand the conversations that they have in Trig. Uh, I would definitely think that most mountain people would understand Trig because mm. they spy on they'd spy. Oh, on people. okay, sure, okay. Like they don't ever use it personally, mm-hmm. but I, they did spy on people in order to capture them. So right. I, so Clark gets handed the knife, and they're like, "All right, go ahead then." And she's like, "You know what? Never mind." <laughs> I don't know if your death would bring me peace, but if it did, I wouldn't deserve it. And Titus is like, dude, kill him. Like, if you're not going to kill him, Lexa will. And Lexa's like, bro, no, I won't. In what world do you think I would do that? (laughs) Like, what conversation have we been having for, like, a week? Yeah. Or, like, at least a couple days. (laughs) Titus, how stupid are you? (laughs) And Emerson just seems really upset about, like, not being murdered. I can't really relate to that at all. Um... (laughs) And she's like, I'd be killing you for me and not for you. So I give him back his life because blood must not have blood. And everyone's like, what? And Lexa's like, everyone, shut up. This is great. Yeah. Shut up, everyone. I love it. The crimes of the mountain cannot be put (laughs) into one man. Clark knows that. And she's showing us a new future, a world where children can flourish without death always around. It's such a good speech. Uh Like, I really, really liked it when I was watching it last night. And then I got so angry Because as with everything that the show eventually does, they just pull the rug right out from under you with that, like, hope of a better future. And then they're like, ha ha, just kidding. Life is meaningless. Then you die. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because, like, it's so good. And, like, they do that over and over for the rest of the series. Like, get your hopes up about the possibility of, like, this is... New good peace, hope. Peace and, like, building a better future together and, like, creating a life that, like, everybody wanted. And then they all just... They all just die. Yeah. And then they all just turn into tree people. Yeah. Uh, Um, Okay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Well, so Clark and Lexa like share a little look and it's sweet. And Clark is like, yeah, I'm going to wait until the most dramatic moment to reveal that I'm not going to kill him. Mm -hmm. And so Lexa banishes him and he will live haunted by pain and the knowledge that he is the last of his kind. Fantastic. So good. Fantastic. And then Clark goes up real close and goes, may you live forever. Oh, snap. The delivery is excellent. Great stuff. Not only is Emerson pissed, but so is Titus. <laughs> <laughs> so I support it, even though bad things happen because he's alive. So lastly, Murphy has apparently been being tortured about Clark. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I have told you everything I know about Clark, which honestly is not a lot because I don't hang out with her really. <laughs> I know very small amounts of things about Clark. And it turns out it's Titus who's torturing him. Another thing I don't like about Titus, I guess. And so he's like, I don't care about Clark anymore. Tell me about the key. And once again, Murphy also doesn't really know a lot about that either. So he's (laughs) just kind of screwed. Yeah. And it turns out that Polaris is here. And we lost the AR in Polaris. And now we are left with Polis. Which is why it's called Polis. And Mm -hmm. this is like, this is where Becca landed in that 13th. 
station. Escape pod. Escape pod, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the last storyline is Arcadia, but before we talk about that, we are going to talk a little bit about Patreon. So Patreon is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators, and if that's us, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we have a lot of really cool perks over on our Patreon. It is a monthly donation. At $1, you get early access to all of the podcasts. All of them are a week in advance, except for the Riverdale one, which is just one day because it's a weekly show and uh, it's impossible to do, to give you a week in advance. Uh, at $2, you get uh, access to our Discord server. Um, and so we have fun over there. I post the links to the early access uh, uh, feed. And um, we talk about like anything that we talked about in the podcast that week. And yeah, we have lots of fun over in the Discord. So you're going to want to join that. $5 gets you 10% off at shopylux.com, which is where me and Brittany sell our wares. Um, lots of cool <laughs> stuff over there. Uh, $10 gets you access to our Patreon-only podcast, OK Love You Hi, um, where we talk bi-weekly about um, whatever we want to. And uh, we also have a really wonderful and dedicated audience of people who listen to, uh, <laughs> to that podcast. Um, so check that out. If you uh, get a higher tier, you also get all of the perks for all of the tiers underneath it. Mm -hmm. um, so your best bet, to be honest, is the $10 tier. It's true. Because then you get lots and lots and lots of other stuff, uh, including those two podcasts. I feel like it's worth it personally. Personally, I agree with you, Robin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you can't help us out on Patreon, like I said, check out shopylux.com. That's another way that you can support us with, uh, and also get something really cool. Uh, and if you can't do any of those, recommend us to a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Even if you don't want to recommend this podcast, we have four other podcasts that we're going to talk about in the outro that you can, uh, uh, mention to a friend, even if that friend is you. Hey, if you're like, this is the only one I listen to, maybe I should check out the other ones. Do it. We would love to have you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so Sam did the summary for the Arcadia storyline. Yes, I did. So Octavia is out spying on Farm Station, taking water samples by the river. She's relaying the info back to Kane when a grounder kid shows up. Farm Station is uh, straight up going to murk the kid because they don't want him to tell people that they're there. <laughs> I have so many thoughts on that. I, listen, this is a podcast, so I'm going to talk about them soon, but I just As want you, you to should. know ahead of time that I do. As you should. Uh, Octavia comes in clutch, though, and hides him from Hannah and the others, and uh, at the risk of burning her own self uh, like from acid tree sap while they hide, and the kid is like 3% grateful. Back at Arcadia, Kane and Miller sneak into Pike's office to plant a bug. Uh, totally not suspicious at all. Uh, Kane plays distraction while Miller plants the bug and like fully just pulls some classic season one Abby stuff with Ke Pike. It's great. Farm Station plans to plant stuff because <laughs> apparently they're all starving. And the only land that they can do it on is land where grounders already live. But screw that. They're colonizers from space. So uh, they're we just going to take I, it and we do, do what they want. want. Yeah. <laughs> Monty's like, bro, this is a bad idea. And even Bellamy is like, uh, can we stop making things worse for ourselves? And Pike's like, whose side are you on, you little punk? Do you want to starve or do you want to commit more murder with me? <laughs> and Bellamy's like, neither, but I guess let's go do murder since you're being so loud about it. Elsewhere in a cave, Octavia sharpens her sword when Miller shows up with her horse. Her plan is to warn the grounders early, but Miller thinks it's going to backfire and she should just talk to Bellamy. But she's like, I would rather drink acid tree sap. <laughs> she says that this is how they stop the next war. Kane busts Bellamy as he takes a bunch of guns out to go kill a bunch of people again. And he's just like, y'all, these are bad choices. But they're like, shut up, dude. Miller gets back from being a spy and like tells his boyfriend that he wishes he didn't have to go do the murder thing. And then Bellamy's like, eh, get in the car, homos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Octavia arrives in the group. <laughs> That's Oct- me getting, <laughs> me when we're, we're supposed to leave at a certain time in the morning, and then we don't. Octavia arrives in the Grounder Village saying uh, that she comes in peace, and their leader recognizes her as Sky Crew, though, and he's like, I don't like you. She warns them that the people who do suck are coming, and he's like, is that a threat? And she's like, not for me, but yeah. <laughs> but technically. And uh, that little kid she saved actually shows up and is like, well, let's not, let's not kill her. Yeah. And she's like, thanks, I guess. Octavia wakes up from being knocked out just as Bellamy and the rest of Farm Station roll in to do their ambush thing where the Grounder Village is preparing to poison them all by burning them with toxic smoke from the acid tree sap. She warns them just as they walk in. Most of them make it out, but Monroe doesn't. Uh, Monty goes back in for her because he's the only good person here, you bunch of jerks. Mm -hmm. Brian's like, what the hell, are they psychic? And Hannah's like, no, it's your Grounder sister. They realize that there are traitors within their midst. And uh, then the grounder leader corners Octavia. Pike is like, hey, so your sister is like super cramping our style. And Bellamy's like, yeah, we both know Kane is her source. And Pike's like, give me proof. Yeah. And Bellamy's like, okay. All righty. More work for Bellamy. (laughs) So Hannah and company collect some water for testing. Octavia's spying on them and tells Kane that they are still collecting soil and water samples. Makes sense for a farm station to want that. <laughs> they're like, well, I have no idea what they're up to. Probably figuring out where's the best place to farm because they're farm station and they're collecting water and soil samples. <laughs> so Octavia spots a grounder kid and so does Gilmer who sucks and is terrible. And Hannah at first is like really friendly to him. And Gilmer's like, hey, if we let him go, he'll tell his people that he saw us. And I'm like, Hannah, you're a mom. I'm just like, how can you be okay with this? I, and especially with her, like, being so, like, nice and kind at first, like, hello. She's, like, taking advantage of the fact that she's, like, a mom and, like, seems really, really nice. And then when he's, like, should we murder him? And she's, like, oh, hey, little boy. Yeah, kill him. Like, you're, you're a mom. Like, what are you talking about? What if this was your kid? She just doesn't see grounders as people. Yeah. It sucks. It's so sad. Yeah. I completely agree with you because, like, it, you have to wonder what they went through. Like, we know what they went through because they, like, told us or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like. How horrible must it have been that the person who raised Monty Green, yeah. the nicest person arguably on this entire show, is straight up going to murder a child? Also, would it not also create problems for you when this kid doesn't come home? Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't matter because both of his parents were murdered. Well, they don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like we are seeing so many examples of characters not seeing any humanity in people who are other than them. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the problem is that like Clark did see the humanity in the people of Mount Weather. Yeah. And so that's why she's so hurting. That's why she's hurting so much about it. Mm-hmm. But like they killed her husband. And so now Hannah Green is like, these aren't even people. They are animals that need to be put down, you know? And it's like, I just can't imagine getting to that point no matter what happened, you know? Especially, yeah. especially it being people who... We're not the ones who did it. Yeah. I don't, like, I just can't imagine, like, one of my family members gets murdered and, like, I could go after the murderer Mm -hmm. or I could go after just anyone in my vicinity. Yeah. Like, what? it's not the same thing. No. No. So the boy runs away because obviously they're going to go after him. And Kane is, like, trying to get a hold of Octavia, but she's going to go save the kid, so she can't really chat right now. And Gilmer almost gets him, but O grabs him and hides him. And they're like, oh, no, we've lost him. (laughs) And some acid sap lands on her head, and she winces. We've seen acid fog, but I don't think we've seen the sap yet. And so I think it's funny that they bring in the sap, because it's really important for later this episode. Yeah. And they bring in the sap this episode. (laughs) 
But she and Gavrielle are quiet enough that they leave. And Octavia wants to talk to him, but he just runs away. And I can't imagine, like, being Kane, just, like, waiting, like, just sitting there waiting for her to answer. Yeah. Like, ugh, it must be terrible. And so they're like, okay, we need to figure out what Pike is doing because they're willing to kill a child to keep it quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't put it past them to be willing to kill a child. They killed 300 adults. So, yep. you know, like what? Why wouldn't they kill a child? This they're time? like, they're like, oh. Uh, you think I'm going to have pause about killing a child after killing 300 people? Yeah. You think I'm going to draw the line there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Okay. So Miller and Kane are like going to break into a room, which I think is Pike's like control room, right? It's like they're going to plant the bug there. Yeah. And Kane's like, I'm going to knock, but if someone answers the door, then you pretend that you're not here. And Miller knows that no one's there. I guess he's already scoped it out. Mm-hmm. And Miller just starts, like, laughing. He's like, oh, my God, you arrested me on the Ark, and now we're, like, breaking laws together. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so cute of us. And Kane's like, shut up. This is not a game. This is serious. This is not a game. And Miller's like, you know what my plan is? Not getting caught. Thanks, Miller. Hadn't thought of that one yet. What a, what a guy. So they almost get in there, but then Pike comes by. And so Miller goes in to plant the bug, and Kane goes to, like, deal with him and, like, uh, stall him, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's Pike and also Bellamy. And Kane's like, hey, I just want to talk about what Jaha's giving out. Honestly, great excuse. Did you have that one prepared? Because it's very good. Like, that was probably, like, because it's been on his mind with yeah. with Abby. That he had it ready. Mm-hmm. And Pike's like, I don't care. That's Abby's problem. So that kind of feeds into the fact that Abby said it was, that, that Pike gave her that responsibility. Yeah. He's like, the imprisoned grounders thing is way more pressing. And Pike said that they're interned for their safety. Sure, Jan. Okay. Yeah. So your people won't attack them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So Kane says, why don't we just send them home if we're not going to help them? And Bellamy says that they're going to tell their people information on them because they've been inside their house. And so Kane like brings up Lincoln because not all grounders are the enemy. And Pike says, uh, I don't care. Uh, remember the election? I'm the leader. So I don't care. And Pike says, I don't care about being liked. I just care about keeping everyone safe. And Kane's like, it's very clear to me that you don't like that you don't care about being liked. You're doing a very good <laughs> you're job. Doing, you're excellent work not being liked. You suck. <laughs> He's like, I want to keep everyone safe. I don't want to be liked. You know what? You're 0 for 2. Congratulations. You, you're not either of those. You're things. doing an excellent job. And honestly, Kane successfully kept them away, and so he did a very good job. It good was, job, Kane. The reason I said in my summary that this uh reminds me of season one Abby mm-hmm. is because it has such a similar energy to uh episode four when um Murphy's Yes. When uh, Kane is um, questioning her about going down to, like, mechanics or whatever. Like, being down in the, like, thing where she was with Raven. Raven. And, like, visiting Raven multiple times in a week. Mm -hmm. And Abby just, like, lies her face off to him. And he's, like, weird. And she's, like, yeah, weird. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, like, it's very, it's, like, the same energy. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's fun to see him in that, like, reversal of Mm -hmm. roles. Love it. So we go into this Pike meeting that they have just bugged and welcome Monty and Monroe to the team. Monty's really only here because of his mom and definitely not because he he agrees with what's happening. For sure. I have to say, and my mom should be listening to this likely, if you were making bad decisions like this, I probably would not follow you. (laughs) Um, Honestly, you'd probably tell her. Exactly. I'd be like, this is a bad idea. Like Monty, I can't remember if he ever like stands up to his mom and is like, mom, are you sure that this is like a moral thing to do? Because it does not feel like it. You know, like I wonder if he had like gone in and like made that ultimatum to her. Be like, hey, if you don't stop murdering people, we can't be friends. Then maybe something would have happened. There, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the first time that we're learning Monroe's first name. 
uh, which is Zoe. So of course she immediately has to die because we just learned her name. Of course. And this makes me so sad that at the end of, it's hard because we record these so uh, apart from each other that I can't tell how many episodes it's been, <laughs> but it's, it was that episode where Lincoln and Harper and Monroe were trying to stop them from going. So I think two episodes ago where they were like trying to stop them from going and uh, Lincoln and, and Harper and Monroe ended up walking away and Monroe like joined the chant at the end of there. Mm-hmm. And it just, I was like, I can't believe Monroe was such a pushover that she joined it so quickly when Harper was like, no, and joined the rebellion. You know what yeah. I mean? And so Kane and Miller are listening as well as Octavia on the radio. They need to clear some space to start planting because of the good soil over by that village. And so they're going to start with soybeans and also corn because they grow really fast. Uh-huh. Um, and then we also learned that also Brian is here. And they're like, well, Monty, are you upset? Are you not into corn? You don't want to choose corn? And Monty's like, I've never had corn. I'm like, why would I be upset about the corn, Brian? You yeah. absolute ding dong. Yeah, that's what I'm mad about. Not the murder. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Monty? You're missing out. I love corn. <laughs> and I'm like, no, he's upset because this is uh, terrible. And they're like, uh, what about the people who live in this village? And they're like, uh, yeah, no, we've heard about them. We don't care. <laughs> in less than a year, we're going to be starving because we lost Mount Weather. So we just like have to do this. And Bellamy wants Pike to like, answer Monty wants to like talk about the thing that Monty wants because Bellamy kind of feels in a similar way as Monty and he's like I can't keep bringing it up because Pike keeps yelling at me every time I bring it up but maybe if someone else brings it up they'll actually get some answers and he's like uh yeah we're just gonna kill everybody we got spotted by that kid so they're gonna be expecting us but they don't have any fighters because we killed them all so at least there's that well and yeah like I said earlier my next note was just no matter what happened to your husband who just becomes a killer right like who just becomes a murderer after being like a mom who was a farmer you know like I just it's it's hard for me to understand when I haven't seen that character development once again we needed a Tailey's episode we absolutely did thank you so Bellamy says that even though right now the whole thing is it is blood must not have blood that doesn't mean that we can like take advantage of that and just like continue killing people yeah like it was it was a lucky break Mm -hmm. when that didn't happen for us and that was thanks to Clark And it wasn't even thanks to me because I didn't even want Clark to go. Yeah. Like I tried to stop Clark and Clark's the reason why we're not all dead right now. And that was a lucky break. So we probably shouldn't push it. And Pike's like, I don't care. Uh, Should we just starve then? And it's like, I choose whatever isn't murdering people. Like, yeah, fine. Let's starve. Like, I I just don't want to commit murder. I don't get it. It's like, why is, why is this our go-to? So he's like, uh, are you going to do this or not? And everyone listening, like, uh, Miller and Kane and Octavia are all like, oh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do some more murder. And Octavia's just like, god damn. (laughs) (laughs) So in the next scene, we see Octavia sharpening her knife in, like, some cave. Miller comes in. He brought her, her horse, who has a name, by the way, which is... (laughs) and uh she's just gonna like bounce but he like wants to have a conversation with her um because he doesn't think that her plan is going to work because she wants to tell them about the ambush and just hope that they'll leave and miller's like do you think that'll work and she's like maybe if their only other option is to die then like maybe they will i don't know i have to try though yeah She she can't just stand around and watch them get murdered no and he's like okay well if they don't leave then our people walk into a group of grounders who know that they're coming yeah and that's even more that's just that's even worse Especially because Miller knows that his boyfriend's walking in there. Yep. And so he's like, why don't we just ask Bellamy about it? And she's like, bro, Bellamy's gone, dude. I don't know that guy. He's a lost cause. Whomst? And they're like, okay, well, if this happens, we're just got more war. So let's just do something. Yeah. So Pike's crew starts getting ready for the like expedition and Kane comes to ask about it. 
and they talk about how they're planning for our future. And Kane's like, that's weird because it looks a whole lot like our past, which is another great mm, line from yeah. Kane. And he's like, we're trying to build a life when these people only understand war. And Hannah shows up and she's like, yeah, go away. You're not part of this conversation. Get no out of here. No one asked you. <laughs> and like Kane says to Hannah, like, dude, you just got your son back and you want him to die? You want to take him into harm's way? And she's like, no one's dying today. And I'm like, well, I've got bad news because not only does Monroe die, but also aren't you going to kill a bunch of yeah. people? Yeah, isn't your goal murder? It's because she like, doesn't like, see like, them do as they, people. Like, do they think that they're just going to show up and be like, get out or we'll kill you? And then they're just gonna be like, oh, geez, I guess we'll, j- let me start packing. Yeah, right. Like, she says, like, no one's dying today. But she, but what she really means is, like, nobody's dying today. And she just doesn't consider them as, like, somebody who could be nobody. Like, she doesn't consider them as somebody. So she yeah. just assumes that they're nobody, if that makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she's saying no one's dying today, meaning no one who actually matters mm-hmm. is dying today. Which already is wrong foreshadowing because Monroe dies. And so Miller goes to see Brian and he was lying to him about where he was. Um, and he's like, oh my God, I lost the horse. Ha <laughs> ha. Oops. Oops. And he tells him to be careful, wishes that he didn't have to go with them. Which like, why do you? Do you actually believe in what's going on? It feels like he does. Yeah. I would immediately no, I break up with Brian, does. to be honest. Yeah. And so Kane and Miller kind of give a look that says like, yes, oh, Octavia's on her way. So hopefully it won't go as terribly as it seems to be going. Be going. So Octavia rides up to the village, hands above her head, and she promises them that she means them no harm. And just in these scenes in this village, it's like, it's pouring rain. Oh, never mind. No, it's not. Oh, my God, it's raining. Oh, no, it's not raining anymore. Just like, the, the rain continuity is It is strange. terrible. Yeah. Semit is there, and he recognizes her from the mountain. He recognizes her as Sky Crew. And he reiterates the fact that his people were killed trying to help them, which mm-hmm. we have heard multiple times recently. She warns them, tells them to leave, and they take it as a threat. So she starts getting beat up. Gavrielle shows up, says that she saved him, and so they agree to let her stay. And she's like, I really wish you would have stood up before I started getting the crap beat out of me. Yeah. But like, thanks. That would have been super helpful, yeah. but I'll allow. So Octavia's still at the village. Um, She's letting Gavrielle pet Helios, and you can see... In this moment, how good she's going to be with Hope. Yeah. Aww. Mm-hmm. And Senate seems to use a cane, which tells us that he was injured at some point. And he says that both of Gabrielle's parents were killed by Pike and your freaking brother. She's lucky that they don't know that her brother was there. Yeah. Um. So, yes, they have decided to go because they can't beat Sky Crew. And Octavia says that that is just as brave as going into battle. Mm-hmm. Then she notices that they're making a trap of that acid sap that's going to make like toxic fumes. And so they're like, uh, we don't want you to try and stop us. So we're just going to knock you out just, about Just it. a little bit. So like, thanks for warning us, but you're Sky Crew. So like, we're good here. You only actually. get to, you only get to warn one set of people about a trap. Today. Right, exactly. And it's going to be us. Thank you so yeah. much, mm-hmm. by the way. Thank you again. <laughs> so Octavia wakes up at night on the ground in the rain, or is it raining? Sometimes. Um, If it was raining, the fumes would be down more, I think. And maybe Monroe wouldn't have died if it was actually raining that hard. Um, But the grounders beside her are talking about how the trap is set and they're just going to head to Polis. Um, And the girl who's there just wants to kill Octavia. But Semit wants Octavia to tell Lexa herself what's happening. Yeah. So Sky Crew shows up in the rover and they're all like really confused that no one's here. And Monroe's like, I don't hear anything. What's going on? Is no one home? You just got here. Yeah. 
calm down. It's night. Like, like they're probably asleep. Yeah. If they didn't know about it, then they yeah. would probably just be asleep, but yeah. go off, I guess. So Octavia escapes from her binds to warn them. But before Octavia can get there on Helios, like bad things start happening. I love that they just like had her beside them. Mm-hmm. Like, they, or like if Helios, I think was like just right beside her, like they were, I don't know. I just think that maybe they didn't think that through the grounders. No. So the archers all light the giant thing on fire and Octavia yells that the smoke is poison. Uh, Monroe falls and calls for Monty and Hannah's like, oh no, Monty, did we not just say that you were bringing your child into danger? And now she's like, oh no, Monty's going to go do a nice selfless thing because I raised him as a nice little selfless boy. I did not see this coming. Who could have predicted this? I never want Monty to die. No. I think the way that Monty did die at the end of season five was lovely and exactly the perfect way to do so. Yes. But certainly not this early. But however, I would almost, obviously I don't wish for anybody to lose their loved ones because that would be hypocritical of all of the things that I've been yelling about Pike and Co for. Mm -hmm. But how great would it have been fictionally for Hannah to be like, I feel so strongly about this and I'm going to commit murder and I'm bringing my son along. And Kane's like, well, you're bringing your son into danger. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then Monty dies. Yeah. It's yeah. like Monty would be fridged for his mom. You know? That would be insane. <laughs> that would have been crazy. But I'm just like, fictionally, like I said, told you so. Yeah. So he runs back in to save Monroe, but he can't. And aw, we loved you, Monroe, until you joined the evil side. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. You tiny lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah immediately knows that it was Octavia and Brian's like well how did she know and they're like there are traitors in our camp so we have to figure out how they know stuff what? Um, and then Octavia gets caught by Semit again a lot of just like action in this storyline really yeah. I'm realizing but the last scene in this storyline is uh, Pike asks to see Bellamy and he shows up and he seems real nervous like First of all, he's not feeling great after Monroe's death, but he's also like, my sister's in trouble. And once again, I still don't feel great about what we're doing. Yeah. So still a lot of bad things are happening to me. I can't, I have to double down. I can't take it back. And I'm not sure what I'm doing. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart, yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> so they're like, was this Octavia's fault? Maybe, but at least that whole grounder village didn't die. And so he's like, we need to talk about Octavia because two people died today because of her. So that's Monroe and then like someone else, I guess, just like a random unnamed person, I guess. And now the land that they were going to use for farming is poisoned by the ash of the fire. Yeah. And Bellamy's like, well, that was the grounder's fault. That was not Octavia's fault. And they're like, well, if she hadn't done that, then everything would be chill. We would just have our farmland. And I'm like, no, because everybody would, because then you would have displaced this village. Yeah. So they're like, we know that she's getting information from someone and they both totally know who it is. It's definitely Kane, but they need proof to like prosecute him. And Bellamy's like, okay, I'll get that done for you. He writes it down in his little to-do list. I just wanted to say, I have never been impressed by someone revving their engine. No. Bellamy goes and he writes it down in his little to-do list. He puts it in his bullet journal so that he will remember to get proof for Pike about Kane. Yeah. And that's the episode. Honestly, pretty good episode. Yeah. Decent. I l actively enjoy all three of those storylines. Yeah. Cool. So going into our segments, um, my first segment is the post-apocalyptic Sasquatch, which is our favorite line award. My favorite line award goes to Brian and Monty for... What's wrong, Monty? I like corn. I've never had corn, actually. Yeah. I love how dramatically he says that. He's like, I've never had corn, actually. Like, why is it this deep? I've never had corn. <laughs> Brian, the drama. And uh, my favorite line of word goes to Pike and Kane for... My job is to keep us safe, not to be liked. And keep up the good work. Because You're doing a great freaking job, buddy. Yeah. 
excellent work on not being liked. Yeah. No one freaking likes you. <laughs> Can't name one person. <laughs> Bellamy's like, hey. <laughs> Bellamy's like in front of in front of Pike. Bellamy's like, I like Pike, but in. <laughs> In his, like, diary after he goes to bed, he's like, oh, I don't like Pike. Like he makes this. me do bad stuff. I'm sad. <laughs> My segment is what is Sam shipping the most, and obviously, once again, it's Kane and Abby. Good cabbie episode. We get a good cheek kiss. We get a good meaningful conversation. It's the big, It's the start of something new. This could be the <laughs> start. <laughs> My other segment is Robin's Murphy moment. Um, Murphy is growing ever closer to being reunited with a frankly unsettling Bellamy that he will not recognize, but <laughs> who knows? Eventually, Robin's Murphy moment will actually be something. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you're so inclined, write us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We would really appreciate that. Thank you to uh, my lovely wife and our dear roommate, Brittany, for sitting in her room quietly. Uh, I, I think she likes doing that, so... Uh, yeah. But it's still nice of her to do so. So true. Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of Riverdale, we'd like to talk about that show, too. Um, by the time this comes out, Riverdale will finally be back uh, for the back half of season five. So excited. We have an episode for every single episode of Riverdale if you want to get caught up on a just absolutely ridiculous show uh, that knows it's ridiculous, and that's why it's fun. Yeah. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. It's delightful and I think our most underrated pod, so go check it out. I think that before the next episode comes out, uh, we will be posting the very last episode of our Stranger Things podcast, so definitely uh, catch up so that you can listen to that when it comes out. Uh, If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We are currently in the back half of season three of Lost. Oh, we are having so much fun. It is our longest, most in-depth, most big brain podcast um and it is my baby uh we do guests over there and it's also spoiler free until the spoiler section at the end so if you want to watch with us for the first time you can and i would love that because it is my life's work to get people to watch lost because it's a good show that gives you good feelings and has good messages um that change your life and try and make you into a better person. If you're a fan of Star Trek, which has also got all the same energy as Lost, mm. we like to talk about that show too. We have covered all of season one of Star Trek Picard and we'll cover season two when it comes to us in the future. Um, Soon, apparently. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, Redbubble, etc., etc. <laughs> she said, I'm going to do a different order this time. <laughs> Just how they came into my head. Yeah. We're mostly on Twitter, but Robin does make gifts of our favorite line awards, so you can check that out on Tumblr. Yes, and that's at The Aficionados. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because, oof, it is expensive, um, and the amount of work that goes into it uh, is a lot. So we would really appreciate it. I mentioned a bunch of perks uh, earlier, but if you can't do that, check out shoppylux.com, and uh, if not, recommend us to a friend. Uh, all of the podcasts will be mentioned um as well as this one whether it be to a friend or yourself or to the general public if you want to write a nice post or something <laughs> i don't know you can follow me personally at robin e jeffrey that's r-o-b-y-n-e-j-e-f-f-r-e-y pretty much everywhere you can follow me on twitter at, at sam casey's which is s-a-m-c-a-s-e-y-s uh the next episode yikes is episode 307 uh 13 um which is a big episode for all of us uh for multiple reasons um, it comes out to the public on October 13th, and it will be on Patreon on October 6th. So definitely worth it to join the Patreon for that. That's only at the $1 tier that you get early access. <laughs> okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.